0: Welcome to the Mental Training Lab. I'm Pete Kadushin, your host, and my job is to have fun conversations that leave you with actionable tools, little experiments that will help you improve your mindset and mental skills so that you can do the things you love at a higher level. All right, today I'm going to spend some time looking at why challenge or difficulty or discomfort is an essential ingredient for both performing our best under pressure and continuing to improve relentlessly. I'm also going to break down the concept of the zone of tolerable discomfort And what we can do to leverage challenge more effectively as a performer. Today's topic has come around a number of times, both on this podcast and then in my professional life. And it's looked a little bit different, but it's never quite crystallized clearly for me. And so today I'm going to take the time to really try and make this as clear and concrete as possible. And I want to start with a quote. It's one that one of my colleagues is particularly fond of It doesn't get easier, you just get faster. We can credit Greg Lamond for this one. He's a legend in the cycling world and the first American to win the Tour de France, which he did three times. And in these eight short words, he encapsulates a truth that is both essential and also difficult to swallow when it comes to the process of mastery. Really, that desire to both grow and perform our best consistently. It doesn't get easier. Full stop. This is simply the reality of the process of improvement. It's undeniable that challenge is a necessary ingredient of growth. We cannot get better, whether it's in the weight room or on the field, on the course or on the track, without pushing past our current capacity and then resting to allow our mind and body to adapt and improve. Now look, you have personal experience with this principle in action. When a certain weight becomes comfortable in the gym, you know you have to add weight to the bar to continue getting stronger. If a certain pace is no longer challenging on a run, You have to increase your speed or your distance in order to continue improving your cardio fitness. And then when you finally get comfortable with a certain skill or technique in your sport, you either move on to the next skill or you move on to the next level of the one you're working on. This is a process that is in fact never-ending. There is no finish line, there's no top of the mountain, there's no final destination where when we reach it we can finally kick our feet up and let mastery do its thing. And even though this sometimes feels like too much, this isn't actually a problem. Now, this maxim also holds true when we shift from growth to performance. We know that our performance environment is going to challenge us. In some ways that are predictable and in other ways we can't see coming, we are going to be pushed past our sense of comfort and capacity as we strive to perform our best. The competition will keep getting stronger. The crowds will keep getting larger. The pace or the distance or the incline will eventually push us to a point Where we're at our limit. I'll even go a step further and say that this is one of the reasons we compete. If you were constantly playing down or playing safe, you might guarantee success, and I bet there wouldn't be any joy in performance precisely because there would be no challenge. Here's the rub though. Even though we know this in our bones, we've had direct experience with this idea that challenge is necessary for both growth and performance, we still end up in two minds frequently. Even though we know that this is how it works we still maintain a fantasy that says that someday we will have arrived. That we'll have reached the top of the mountain, we'll reach the finish line, that we'll have a level of mastery so supreme that even the hard stuff is easy. Now this desire is sneaky, and it doesn't usually come right out and show itself. And it's still hiding in there somewhere, whispering softly that if you can just get to the next level, finally, things will level off, and you won't have to deal with the doubt and the discomfort and the uncertainty that comes with getting better and performing our best. We're going to take some time to explore why this fantasy is one of our biggest barriers to optimizing challenges as performers, and first, I want to add a little bit of theory to the mix. It doesn't get easier, you just get faster. The zone of tolerable discomfort has come up a number of times on the show already, and when it comes to the relationship between challenge and growth, as well as challenge and performance, it's worth examining a little closer. Imagine three rings. The center circle is your comfort zone. Here, things are easy, and there's also no growth happening because the challenge isn't great enough to trigger it. Our energy systems don't have to mobilize here, so we might look disengaged or bored or too relaxed because we just simply don't need to muster much energy. And here, our attention is loose, and it can feel hard to get ourselves locked in and on task. The second ring is your zone of tolerable discomfort, or ZTD you found a way to push past your current capacity just a little bit, and the consequences are going to be that you get a little activated. Your body is going to turn up, your breathing rate, your heart rate, and you're going to feel the telltale signs of energy coursing through your body. It's what we often call nerves. Regardless of whether you're nervous or excited, you're going to feel something in your body. Your mind, likewise, is going to have a reaction. Often in this space, we use some of that available energy to narrow our focus and that helps us let go of distractions and connect more clearly to the task at hand. All that's to say that being in your ZTD can facilitate both growth and successful performance. Now the third ring is the realm of panic and shutdown. As a big Top Gun fan from the age of five or six, I'm staking a flag in the ground and I'm going to call this the danger zone. For some reason, you've been pushed so far past your skills and your resources that your body and mind are in red alert. Here, the discomfort becomes unbearable, and significant disruptions occur in our capacity to make decisions, pay attention to the right stuff, and to coordinate movement. In training, this looks like being so frustrated that we disconnect from the process of improvement, and in performance, we begin performing well below our physical best. When you see an athlete choke in a big moment or experience the yips and miss something they clearly could have done 9.5 times out of 10, it's usually a pretty good bet that they're in the danger zone. Throughout the process of mastery, each of these rings expands outwards. What was once hard becomes easy, and the skills get moved from conscious processing to unconscious habits as each zone moves progressively outward. Where you once had to stare at the basketball while you're dribbling, you can now look up and scan the court while you take your space crossover defender and then prepare for that no-look bounce pass. I mean, you get the picture. Now, while each of these rings expands outward on our journey through mastery, It might be also useful to think about how, with some purposeful training, we could actually expand that middle ring relative to the others. What if the outer edges of our ZTD could get pushed outward, claiming some more of that danger zone as space for growth and peak performance? We'd be expanding both our window of growth and our window of success, and both seem pretty tasty, especially if you're committed to that path of mastery. I'm going to get to some concrete strategies for how to do just that. To expand our ZTD relative to the other rings. But first, we ought to eyeball the potholes and pitfalls that could get in the way and keep us from getting to our ZTD in the first place. So what keeps us from going to the Goldilocks' zone of tolerable discomfort more frequently, even though we know this is where growth is maximized and performance is optimized? And what keeps us from expanding this zone so we can get better, faster, and more resilient across conditions and competitors? Well, the first is the most obvious. It's uncomfortable. And we're wired, all of us, to avoid discomfort and seek pleasure. The whole sphere of behaviorism in psychology is dedicated to and leverages the biological imperative of avoiding discomfort and seeking pleasure. And we do more of what feels good and we try to do less of what feels bad, which means our zone of tolerable discomfort is not something the survival portion of our brain naturally draws us towards. Second, we live in an environment that's designed to maximize comfort. From escalators to apps that'll deliver your groceries and gadgets in a matter of hours, we live in a society in a built environment that emphasizes and rewards solutions that require less energy and less effort. And look, this is really appealing to our survival brains. If prehistoric humans could have had their groceries delivered, the likelihood of survival in the jungle or on the plains would have gone way up. And full disclosure, I've had my groceries delivered before, and so I'm not claiming we should go forage for food simply because it makes life more difficult the issue with being in an environment like this is that when it comes time to leave the cocoon of comfort, we have all these extra forces pushing us back down into the couch. And the prospect of doing something hard, even though it's hard and meaningful, seems much less appealing in comparison to the other options. And these comparisons change the direct experience we have with challenge. Spending too much time in our comfort zone actually shrinks our zone of tolerable discomfort. As we temporarily forget, we have the capacity to be uncomfortable on purpose. All right. And third, we also live in a world, especially in sport and high competition domains like business and performing arts, where failure is misunderstood and talent is overemphasized. I'm going to say that again. Failure is misunderstood and talent is overemphasized. This is a world where failure doesn't translate to fuel for growth. It instead becomes a death sentence for your playing time, your trajectory, or your career. Now, we know that past the edge of the comfort zone, success isn't guaranteed. The net effect when failure feels so threatening is that our ZTD shrinks, and almost anything beyond the comfort zone can start to look a lot like the danger zone, which undermines our capacity to grow and our capacity to perform our best. So now think about all three of these forces stacked on top of each other. One, getting better and being our best is uncomfortable. And we're biologically wired to avoid a discomfort when we have the opportunity. Two, we live in a built environment and a society that rewards and supports more comfort and more convenience. And three, when we're so afraid of failure because of the way that it's been wired in us, right? That we've been told consistently that failure is not an opportunity to continue to improve, but instead a a referendum on the talent level that we have, right? When you think about all of these put together, it makes a lot of sense why we're less likely to spend time in our zone of tolerable discomfort on purpose. And lastly, we still have that pesky voice whispering in our ear that one day progress won't be so hard, that one day we're finally going to escape this cycle of challenge to get better, and we can get rid of the uncertainty and the discomfort and just that doubt that comes with and is really, it's cooked into the path of mastery. Yeah, so what do we do about all this? How can we not only stop the pressure squeezing our ZTD into nothing, but also how can we expand it so that our windows of growth and success grow larger? The first thing we need to do is look that fantasy right in the eyes and let it go. We need to acknowledge regularly and explicitly that we don't just tolerate challenge, right? That we seek it out in order to get better and to perform our best. And since that fantasy that one day it's going to be easy, is, it's pesky and sneaky and hard to uproot it's worth reflecting regularly on ways that that desire for comfort and ease may have weaseled its way back into our lives. I know personally that journaling on why I want to do hard things and also reflecting on the ways that comfort and convenience might be nudging me to cut corners around those hard things, well, that becomes a really great way for me to keep this front and center and to prevent the squeeze that comes with living in the environment that we do. And really what we're talking about here is shifting your relationship to challenge. I'm asking you to admit and embrace that challenge isn't a byproduct of mastery that one day you're going to be able to circumvent. Instead, it's the centerpiece to the machine of growth and performance. If you can free yourself from that compulsive fantasy of what you hope it would look like, or maybe it should look like, or one day it will look like, and instead you can just embrace how it is, it gives you the opportunity, it gives you the freedom to go get better and be your best on purpose. Second, we need to get uncomfortable on purpose as a regular practice. Now earlier I noted how the forces of comfort in our society are relentless and our memories are short, which means if we're not venturing out into our ZTD often, the paths in and out of our comfort zone start to become overgrown. Now the good news is that this works in reverse. Okay, so a great example here is with cold exposure. Anyone who's done cold plunges or cold showers or ice baths will tell you that while it never becomes pleasant, it can become bearable. Now, I'll tell you up front, I really don't like cold water. But you know what? Somewhere around day four or five of a cold water exposure practice, something starts to shift for me, and my ZTD begins to stretch to accommodate the sensations that come with that cold exposure. And look, I'll be clear— It's not fun. I'm not a cold adapted ice man. I just, it's still unpleasant, but it's bearable. Now, interestingly, the opposite is true as well. As soon as I stop the cold exposure, it doesn't take long. I mean, like maybe just a day or two for my body to forget that the experience was both bearable and unpleasant. Instead, it just seems unbearable. Compared to the alternative, uh, a warm shower or just warm water in general, the idea of being cold on purpose sounds miserable and the barrier to entry goes way up. My ZTD has shrunk. What this tells us is that it needs to be a regular practice. Whether it's cold water or something else, we need to be journeying out into our ZTD on purpose consistently because the rebound effect is quick. And the key here is comparison. The more time we spend in comfort, we lose a point of reference that's outside of the comfort zone. And the thought of having to leave the comfort zone feels more intense. Right Now, it isn't actually necessarily going to be more intense, right? The sensations themselves of the cold shower don't change. It's my perception of how I'm interpreting the, the, those sensations that makes all the difference. So the quest here is then to find something that you can do regularly as a practice that's uncomfortable and also bearable. Now, this is going to be different for everyone, and it can include things like having a regular writing practice or finding ways to do some more public speaking or learning a new skill. I already mentioned cold exposure, and it might even be as simple as switching up your form of exercise. If you're a runner hopping on the bike, if you're a biker trying the elliptical or the rower. The only requirements for these types of tasks are as follows. First, you have to get out of your comfort zone for it to work. And your comfort zone expands, which means that you're going to have a moving target here. Second, it should be a short-term exposure. Part of the empowerment here that comes with the practice is that you are in control while being uncomfortable. You were the one who got into the cold shower. You're the one who stops the cold shower. And so that sense of a start and a stop, a clear beginning and end, and that you're the one who's in charge, that matters. And lastly, you need to follow the excursion out of your comfort zone with some deliberate rest. While growth is triggered during challenge, The actual growth happens during the rest period afterwards. And when it comes to performance, we need to recharge the batteries if we're going to be able to put out our best the next day. So before we wrap up, I want to take a moment to highlight something important. First, safety and comfort are not the same thing. We require safety in our environment, in our social interactions, and in our internal experience in order to learn and to perform our best. Getting thrown into the deep end without any capacity to swim is not actually a recipe for learning. It's a recipe for trauma. Building off that, it's important to note that this type of training is a privilege and it's not something everybody's going to be able to do. And by that, I mean, if you aren't getting your basic needs met, I'm talking about food, shelter, sleep, clean water. If you're operating in survival mode right now, you want to get your needs met before you try and pivot towards getting uncomfortable on purpose. Okay. With that said, for many of us, this type of discomfort practice, expanding our zone of tolerable discomfort can be really valuable. What this does in the end is it helps you rewire your meaning-making machine, aka your brain. The next time you're in training or performance and the internal experience is intense and your heart rate is up and your breathing rate is up, with your mind filled with uncertainty and conflicting thoughts, uh, with part of you shouting that you should do anything and everything to get yourself back to your comfort zone, when all this goes down, you're going to be able to see it for what it is, uncomfortable and bearable. Uncomfortable and another step on the path of mastery. Instead of something to avoid, something to move through as you continue to grow and perform your best. It doesn't get easier, you just get faster. And that's the good news. You get faster. The path of mastery is never going to be easy, but you are going to be rewarded along the way as you get bigger and stronger and faster and more skilled and more knowledgeable. Now, if you can accept this, if you can take these eight words and really take them to heart. You're going to free yourself to relax into the process as nature intended. Do something hard, then rest, rinse, and repeat. Simple and never easy. Okay, that's a wrap. As always, thank you for offering up your most valuable resources, your time, and attention while you listen to this episode. You can find all the episodes of the Mental Training Lab at mtl.academy. That's mtl.academy. And look, I know this is the spot where I'm supposed to tell you to subscribe to the show or leave a review or whatever, but I'll be honest, I've only got one real request. If you found anything in this show helpful and you know someone who could benefit from these ideas or tools, just go ahead and send it their way. All right, that's all for now. I'll see you next episode.